For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for being here with us on this Monday edition of Fantasy MLB Today, which is brought to you by Sports Ethos. My name is Joel Rico, and I am your host. For those of you who have not found me there already, go ahead and hit the follow button on Twitter at JoeOrico99. It's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. Hit the follow button there. You never miss a show. You never miss any of my threads and other random bits of information that I tweet out throughout the day. So go ahead and hit me up there. Also, go ahead and follow Ethos Fantasy BB, which is where the show is directly posted out from every single day. So if I am a little bit slow on it one day in uh, retweeting it, then you guys will have it directly as it goes out on that channel. So go ahead and hit us up on both of those channels. And while I've got you here, go ahead and scroll down to the bottom of your podcasting page and hit the five-star review button. That would really help us out, move up in search results, and really help more people to see the show So go ahead and do that, and we will really move into the bulk of our show now. And I'm going to do it a little bit differently today than I typically have. Uh, I typically go through all of the games that happened the day before. And it's I'm realizing it takes up quite a bit of our show, and I could really use that time to do some other stuff instead. Uh, We're still going to talk about major stories that have happened. Uh, If there was a massive performance, we'll touch on that. But... I think overall, we're going to be looking more ahead than behind. Uh, We'll also be doing evaluations of stuff that has happened, but I'm going to be looking more ahead than behind, I think. Um, Anyway, we're still tinkering with exactly the finished product here, how it will work. So nothing is set directly in stone to this point, but I'm going to tinker with, uh, with it a little bit today. So we're not going to do the typical look back at every game. It does take up about half an hour, so I'm going to try and cut some of the time from the show there and try and use it for other stuff. So why don't we talk about some of the highest performing players from yesterday overall, and we'll start with some pitching, because there was a lot of good pitching performances yesterday as a whole. Uh, Zach Gallen had a really great outing against Colorado, and he has really, guys, really bounced back this year. He was someone that I did talk about, if you go back, I think all the way to our very first demo show. It's, it's not great. Uh, I'm definitely still nervous. Uh, if you go back and listen to that, you'll realize uh, we've actually come quite a, quite a long ways here on the show. But that first show, I was talking about Zach Allen and how last year was kind of an outlier for him. And I thought that he would really turn it around this season, and he really has. He went seven strong, uh, struck out seven, gave up five hits and no runs against Colorado. His ERA improves to .95 on the season, and he has looked just fantastic. So if you drafted Zach Allen, uh, you're probably very, very happy to this point in the year. So congratulations there. He didn't cost you really that much on draft day, and he's been a great asset. Walker Bueller also had a great outing last night, going seven innings, giving up six hits and one earned run while walking two on Sunday Night Baseball here. His ERA for the year has come down to 1.96. And, you know, after the first couple of starts, he was – Okay, right? Two, three, four earned runs. Pretty solid. Um, 
My name is Walker Bueller. You drafted him probably in the second round. So you were looking for a bit more. And these last three outings, you've definitely got more from Bueller. He's been fantastic. Uh, George Kirby made his Major League debut yesterday. And I've got tons of questions on Twitter about Kirby. The bottom line is we don't really know. Um, we've seen some guys come up this year who have had quite a bit of promise. Matt Brash, Nick Lodolo are uh, the first ones that really come to mind. And have varying degrees of success. So, yes, this was a great start against uh, a tough team here. But at the same time, I feel like people are going to be overpaying for him now, especially if you use FAB, if you have a free agent acquisition budget. I know a lot of leagues work differently. There's a lot of different types of fantasy baseball leagues. If you do have your free agent acquisition budget, I wouldn't be using a ton on George Kirby because we really don't know what we're going to get in the long run. You might spend a ton of your money, and you get like three starts, and then he gets sent down or whatever. You don't really know. Um, he skipped AAA altogether, George Kirby. He went right from AA to the show, which has not happened very often, which would lead you to believe that they really, really are sure about the guy, which does lead me to wanting to add him. And I did add him in one points league, and he returned 28.4 points yesterday and helped me win my week. So there's definitely value to be had there, even if it's in the short term. I'm just not sure how long we're going to have production out of him, especially if you're spending money uh, to get him on waiver wires or maybe even using like your first waiver priority for him. I'm not... Okay, maybe if you're just using your first waiver priority, I'd feel pretty all right about it. But the fab money, I wouldn't use a ton. Um, he's probably been scooped up already in a lot of leagues, but if he's still there... Um, I would tentatively say, yeah, you can go ahead and add him. I'm sure there is a guy on your team, uh, a pitcher most likely, who's kind of pissed you off, gone a little bit back and forth in their value. Maybe it's an Eduardo Rodriguez, or maybe it's, I don't know, one of those Rockies guys. Maybe it's Sensatella or Freeland or <clears throat> Chad Cool, even maybe, who's done pretty well, actually, Chad Cool. So maybe he's not the best example. <clears throat> Excuse me. But maybe there's a bad player on your team, a bad pitcher. Or someone who really just hasn't been up to scratch this year. And I would feel pretty okay with making that switch for Kirby. Uh, Joe Musgrove, we'll move on here. We spent a lot of time on Kirby. Joe Musgrove also had a really good outing there yesterday, going seven innings, giving up uh, two earned runs on five hits and striking out eight against Miami. Another guy who's had a really strong season. Uh, no more than two earned runs in any one start, and he's got at least six strikeouts in every game except for one. Which was against Cincinnati, his uh, weakest opponent he's faced so far. Cincinnati. Well, he's actually had a fairly easy time of it looking at his schedule here. He's faced Cincinnati twice. He's faced Arizona, Pittsburgh. Uh, he did face Atlanta, which was a tough team he faced. But uh, and Miami was the other one. So a pretty easy schedule for Joe Musgrove to this point. And it might be counterintuitive, but I kind of almost look at that as a bit of a red flag. As good as he's been. Yeah, he's beaten the Reds, he's beaten the Diamondbacks, but and the Marlins, you know, they're not great teams. The Pirates, you might maybe want to try and sell high on Joe Musgrove. Not that I'd be looking to get rid of him or anything, but this is a really weak stretch of schedule for him, and he's done well. He's obviously done very well in it. I'm just not totally sure uh, it's accurate. I mean, I know he was good last year. He wasn't quite this good last year. So maybe you can squeeze a little bit of value uh, out of him. Probably not. And a lot of times when I'm saying uh, sell high or buy low on a guy, 
it's not always going to be a one-for-one swap. Sometimes you're going to have to use a couple of pieces in there. Maybe you trade two and get back one, or you trade one and get back two, whatever it may be. Uh, Usually the side who gets the best player in a trade tends to win the trade most of the time. It's not always the way it works. Sometimes you can get three or four nice pieces back for a player and end up winning the trade that way. And all this is not to say that you need to be trading Musgrove, but I'm looking at some caution signs here with the the schedule he's faced. And if you wanted to move uh, move on for him and maybe trade for, it's hard to say, but one of those really elite, elite pitchers in Major League Baseball. And maybe you have to give up another asset off your bench because of it. I'd be okay with it. I'm okay with holding, but I'm also okay with trying to maybe squeeze a little bit of extra value out of him there. Uh, Those were the majorly good pitching performances from yesterday. We also had Manuel Margot uh, go two for three with a home run, an RBI, a steal. And he kind of does this pretty much every year. He'll go hot, typically at the beginning, and then kind of cool off. And I went getting a couple of questions about Margot. I wouldn't drop anybody of real value for him, not anybody who's too important to you. I understand grabbing while he's hot because he's been, I think he's homered in three straight games here. He's looked really good. And I totally understand it, but I wouldn't drop somebody who you view as more of, or who I view, I guess, not you guys, as more of a of a long-term stay on your team. So I'd be really careful about dropping any guys. Like First name that comes to mind who I've seen drop a little bit is Michael Brantley. And on the surface, yeah, you'd probably make that switch. You'd probably take Marco over Brantley. But at the same time, you might not. Um, Brantley is really good for average. He can give you some RBIs and runs. And what you know what we're going to get out of Michael Brantley pretty much the whole year. He's pretty much who he is now for 10 years. We know who he is. Margot kind of goes up and down a little bit. He's a good ball player, but I'm, I'm advocating caution in terms of dropping anybody, anybody of note, really, um, for picking him up. So there are some people asking, should I drop Jock Peterson for him? That one I feel maybe all right about, but even Jock Peterson can have quite a bit of value uh, if you change your lineups every single day. Like I said, there's a lot of different types of leagues. Some of them you change daily, some of them you change weekly. Some of them are best ball where you don't even have to change your lineups at all, and it just calculates your best score. Uh, for the, it's, that's, that's like the lazy way to play fantasy is best ball pretty much. Uh, but there's a lot of different ways to do it, and not every way necessarily is going to make the most sense in terms of if you have a Jock Peterson. If you have to set your lineups weekly, he's not as valuable as if you have to set your lineups daily because you can just deploy him against right-handed pitching and really take advantage of matchups there. If you set it weekly, then you got to maybe take your chances with a couple of left-handed pitchers and a couple of off days perhaps. So depending on circumstance, I would grab Margot in the short term, but also remember that this is probably not going to be going on for terribly long. So keep keep that in mind as we go on here. Juan Yepes is also someone I've been asked about quite a bit, and he's been pretty good. Uh, actually, he's been very good. He's had multi-hits in almost every single game. He had the one game where he just had the one double. But he's been fantastic. He hit a home run yesterday. And if you look at his minor league profile, it does scream uh, like power hitter. Um, he did have 27 home runs across minor league levels last year. Uh, and that was in AAA and AA. 27 home runs. He batted 286. He's not going to be any kind of threat uh, to steal bases for you. So if you're looking for steals, he's not the guy. But he's going to be batting in the middle of a very potent lineup there. A very good St. Louis lineup that, uh, honestly, they haven't even really truly figured it out as good as they can to this point of the year. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt's starting to look a bit better, 
but they're, I'd say overall underperforming at 16 and 12 on the year. They've been, they've been good, but Yepes, if he's in the middle of that lineup uh, and they start to all figure it out in that lineup, like I know they will, um, I, I'm not worried at all about him having value. I think that maybe we see, I mean, we will see some coming back to earth, right? You're not going to bat 474, but if he's in the middle of that bat, if in the middle of that St. Louis lineup, then I feel pretty good about going out and adding him. Right now, he's pretty much an ad, I'd say, like 14, 14 team leagues and deeper. And you can make the argument maybe in a 12 team league uh, if you want to go ahead and drop your bottom guy, whoever it is that's struggling. Maybe it's like a Trent Grisham, or maybe it's. I don't know. There are a lot of guys across Major League Baseball who are struggling. But that also brings me to my next point that pretty much all of Major League Baseball has struggled to this point. There are obviously outlier players, your Machados, your Lindors, your Chaz Chisholms. There's guys who have been fantastic and that they haven't been affected by whatever it is, whether it be baseballs or humidors or whatever. I've read a lot of stuff online. I don't really know why there's less offense, but there is less offense. And it's happened pretty much across baseball to every team. So it's not going to be something that I really worry about too much in terms of some guys who are maybe underperforming, who are fringier guys, or even guys who are closer to all-star level, like your Chris Bryant, who hasn't hit a home run yet. A guy like that, even a Trevor Story. Um, we're not going to be worried about them as much because offense is down on the whole. So that is something to keep in mind when you're thinking about who to add and who to drop. And, oh, this guy's been terrible. He's batting, I don't know, 158 or whatever. It's very early. Uh, whatever has happened this year, whether it be the baseballs or whatever, there will be some adjustment made because Major League Baseball, I'm thinking, is realizing they can't go on with this level of offense and this level of fan reaction to the lack of offense. It's not good for business. Uh, specifically, the lack of home runs is not good for business. There are definitely a few things going on with baseball that I've not made, uh, endeared it to fans recently. But that's something that they will look at and they will change, I feel like. If they have deadened the ball, which I'm not sure they have, but if they have, then look to see some kind of switch because it's really not great baseball when you see videos on Twitter or YouTube or wherever of a ball getting absolutely raked right like right on the sweet spot. like, And then you see it die on the warning track, especially when you look at the exit velocity. It's like 107 miles an hour and it goes at whatever angle. And you look at the statistics, it's like it's expected to leave the yard pretty much every time and it dies on the warning track. You got to ask yourself, what has Major League Baseball done here and what will they do going forward to try and rectify it? Because there's definitely some problem here. There's definitely a problem with offense. Fans, there are some people like me who can go to the ballpark, see a five-hit game between the two teams, you know, a one nothing, 2 nothing game, and be fine with it. I used to be a pitcher. If I go and I see a pitcher's duel, then I'm I'm very happy with that. Um, you know, I, I, I like home runs. I like triples. I like stolen bases. But if you go and you see a pitcher's duel, it can be a lot of fun. Most people are not like that. Most people go to the ballpark, bring their families, spend a small fortune so that they can go out and they can be excited and, you know, jump around in the crowd when there's a home run and get excited when their team has guys on base. So I'm looking at Major League Baseball in the next coming weeks or so to make some kind of change or adjustment with whatever it has been. I've seen some articles, um, Brad Johnson, who was on the show last week, has been talked quite a bit about humidors in stadiums and how that has essentially killed the baseball. Uh, I'm not sure exactly. I haven't done a ton of research on it myself, but there's definitely something going on. And all of this is to say, when you're looking at players who are underperforming, 
<clears throat> have faith. <coughs> excuse me. Have faith that they will turn it around because this is not going to go on forever. There will come a point where they say enough is enough. We need more offense, and we're going to make a switch. So, obviously, something to keep in mind there. Okay, let's look at a couple of pieces of news that have come out um, over the last day or so. So, Marcus Stroman has gone on the injured list. Uh, I think it is a thumb issue that has landed him there. So, not great if you have Stroman. Uh, I do have faith that he will be a fantasy-relevant player this year still. I'm not going and dropping him. Uh, if you don't have an IL slot in your league still, uh, it's kind of tough. But I would hold on and see how long he lasts on there. I'm not expecting this to be a long IL stint, especially if it's, uh, it's, it's thumb soreness. So I would expect this to probably be something where he'll miss the 10 days and come back. I wouldn't worry too, too much there. Uh, Philadelphia, the Phillies have put both Zach Wheeler and Zach Eflin on the COVID IL not great, guys. Not great, for sure. Uh, someone with shares of both players. Definitely not what you want to see. Eflin can probably be moved on from uh, in most leagues. Definitely in the shallower leagues, uh, and even up to like 10 and 12. I wouldn't really bother holding him through this. If you have um, if you have IL slots, then it's fine. Eflin's not someone who really moves the needle that much for me. He's had his moments this year. But um, another thing we talked about with Brad last week is that the offense, or sorry, the defense behind him is just so brutal, it really makes it hard to want to go out and get him. Uh, Zach Wheeler, obviously you're not dropping Zach Wheeler, uh, but it is, it's a pain to have the COVID stuff still going on here. Uh, the D-backs have called up their prospect, their highly touted prospect, Alec Thomas. Mentioned him on Twitter this morning. I feel like he's a deeper league ad at the moment, so if you're in like 16 and deeper leagues, uh, I'm okay with that. In shallow leagues, you know, I'm just very skeptical of prospects in general, rookies. Uh, you Sometimes you see a Wander Franco come up, or on the pitching side, you see an Alec Manoa come up, and they're great right away. It doesn't happen very often. He's playing for a terrible team, so yes, he will get uh, playing time, but it's not going to be a ton of offense going on in that lineup there. So... Add in deeper leagues, um, but I'm not really convinced that you need to use a spot in, in a standard league on him. Keep an eye on him, see what happens. But with the way that prospects have struggled, I kind of need to see a guy prove it to me before I'm willing to go ahead and add him right now. Michael Walker was scratched from his start on Sunday. He had some soreness on his left side. You know, I was thinking this was probably not going to be a great outing for him. I was thinking... He's been a little too fairy tale ish so far, and he's due to get lit up. Didn't happen because he hasn't started. So, and I mean, you can see by roster percentages that people aren't really uh, drinking the Kool Aid on him just yet. And I understand it. If you added him for Sunday, it sucks. If you have an IL slot, then sure, you can throw him on there. I don't think we're going to have season long production from him. He's been really good right now. But I'm okay with either putting him on the IL or dropping him because I'm not really convinced we're going to see this long term. Uh, the Mets released Robinson Cano uh, yesterday. $45 million left on the contract. And honestly, it really is. It sucks as someone who grew up, you know, seeing Cano be so dominant. And even though I hated the Yankees, Robinson Cano really is one of the sweetest swings you're ever going to see. And I find it a, a real shame that he went out and uh, used PEDs more than once. 
you know, for someone who'd been good since he was, you know, 20 years old in the major leagues, 21 maybe, I forget how old he was when he debuted, but he was pretty young coming up on those Yankee teams. And he was one of the centerpieces of a team that was filled with all of famers, all-stars, hall of famers. He was fantastic. So this, uh, it's the end of an era for Cano. I doubt he'll see much of a role. Maybe a team picks him up as a lefty bench guy. Um, you know, the Blue Jays need a left-handed bat. I would be shocked, though. Uh, he's not He's not coming here. At the same time, some team may decide to splurge and have a left-handed bat on the bench. And he's going to be cheap. He's going to be like $700,000 if he does get uh, signed to a contract because he's getting like $40, 45000000 million in a check from Steve Cohen. So that, I'm sure, will take the sting out of being released for him for sure. Uh, it, it's a shame. It's a shame for Robbie Cano. He hasn't really had much fantasy value in some years, but nonetheless, his whole career trajectory, I find it really sad, honestly. I find it real sad from how from how great he was to where he is now. It's just, it's tough. It's, it's really tough. Uh, Chris Sale has suffered a setback in his rehab. Obviously not great. Uh, he had a fractured rib cage, and now he has had uh, a small medical issue. They haven't said exactly what it is. Um, it's not baseball-related. Apparently, he should be back throwing in a matter of days. Now, he's supposed to come back in early June. I'm not totally sold on that. Early June is only a few weeks away. If he's having a setback now, uh, they say it's not major, but they don't tell you what it is, so... Not overly optimistic about Chris Sale, uh, for sure. Uh, that's those. Those are some major pieces of news we've seen uh, happen today and even into yesterday. Let's take a look at some of the games that are going to be happening today. That's the one one part of the show that will stay the same. We'll always look ahead to the games that will be happening today, and if there's anybody you should stream. I just feel like looking back, you use a lot of time where. I'd rather just chat with you guys, you know, about looking at guys that have performed well in the last day or so, major pieces of news and stuff like that. I'd rather do that. Let me know what you guys think on Twitter. If you'd rather see the old form, then we'll go back to the old form because you guys really are in charge here. It's up to what you guys want to see. If you guys would rather watch a certain type of content, then that's what I'll do because we are a show of the people here at Sports Ethos. We aim to please and we hope we are doing that so far. Let me know on Twitter or down in the review section of podcasts, Spotify, wherever, uh, what you think of the show. If you like it, if you don't like it, if you agree with the take, if you think I'm an idiot, whatever it is, I'm glad. I'm glad to discuss it. Uh, hit me up on Twitter. You guys know the feed. You guys know the channel. Um, I'm here. I'm here for any kind of feedback, reviews, comments, concern, or whatever. So, we will keep this part of the show the same. Uh, we'll also do the waiver wire part later on. But let me know what you guys would like to see. What's the ideal way the show would be formatted for you guys? All right, enough of me. By the time you guys see this, a couple of these games will have already started, most likely. So the Royals and the Orioles, uh, Carlos Hernandez and Tyler Wells. Not any fantasy move to be made there anyway. Neither of these guys are going to have fantasy relevance uh you know, there's a chance one of them has a decent start today because we're not exactly looking at two of the greatest lineups here. So one of them has a chance, has a decent outing. Neither one of them, for me, is worth a Monday pickup. Uh, Nestor Cortez and John Gray will be going head-to-head here for the Red, so- uh, the Red Sox. The Yankees and the Rangers. I don't know where I got Red Sox from there. John Gray has struggled mightily to this point. Uh, granted, only 12 innings, but this is probably not a great outing for him here at Yankee Stadium, I would imagine. 
not someone I'm really going to be too interested in deploying here. Nestor Cortez on the other side, very much so I will be interested. The last outing he had was against the Blue Jays. It was a bit of a tough one. He only lasted four innings and walked four. He did not have his control. He didn't have those major strikeout numbers that we've seen from him. This is a great opportunity, a great lineup, or a great lineup, a great matchup here for him against the Rangers, who have really been not a, not a great team this year so far. Marcus Simeon has really been really struggled, and you figured he would have turned it around by now, but he hasn't. So he's kind of in that same Trevor Story boat of what are we doing here? Maybe we should have stayed with our old teams, kind of thing. Who knows? Not been good for really that whole Texas lineup. Hasn't looked great. Adolis Garcia has looked all right at times. Nate Lowe. But on the whole, uh, I think Nestor Cortez is a very safe play today. Uh, and by the time this comes out, you guys may have heard this by the time the game starts. I'm not really sure. Uh, probably not, but either way, um, the opinion's on record. So I'll go back and listen to it after the game, see if I was right or not. The next game we have here is the Dodgers and the Pirates, Julio Urias and Jose Quintana. Jose Quintana has been surprisingly pretty okay this year so far with a 3-3-8 ERA over 24 innings. I like him okay, but this is not the matchup to use him in against the Dodgers. Uh, it, it is definitely risky business if you're going to be using him today. On the other side, Julio Urias. This is a great opportunity for him. Two and one record to this point of the year with a 1-8-8 ERA. Whip under one. Strikeout's a little bit lower than we would have thought going into the year maybe. He has 19 in the first 24 innings. But overall, you will happily take this production after, uh, I think, that first start was rather tough for him. It was, yes, yeah, six runs against Colorado. And he has settled in very nicely since then, not giving up more than one earned run uh, on any outing. So great stuff out of Urias. This is a great matchup. All systems go ahead of tonight. The Brewers and the Reds, though, this has the potential to be a very good pitching matchup. We have Luis Castillo and Brandon Woodruff. Castillo is making his season debut. And for those of you who played fantasy baseball last year, you know that Luis Castillo was one of the bigger disappointments from last year. He was drafted very high, typically going in the third round last year. And I think in one of my leagues where I drafted him, I took him like in the 20s, in the late 20s, like 27th pick or something like that. And my God, I don't know what I was thinking. I really regretted it. I watched him pitch in the postseason uh, with, against Atlanta the year before, and I was really high on him. He started off terribly last year, so terribly that even that his great second half wasn't really enough to fix his ERA. He still ended up with a plus four ERA, I believe. This is going to be an opportunity for him. Uh, not not so much of an opportunity, I guess, but opportunity for him to get back into games here. Not the greatest of opponents, and I don't expect to see him with uh, quite a long leash today. I'd probably be looking at maybe 60 pitches, 70 pitches. Hard to say, really. It was a shoulder problem for him. So it's really tough to know exactly how deep he's going to go. If you do have him, uh, I might wait for a start, leave him on the IL, and see what kind of production you get out of him today before activating him and dropping somebody else. Uh, maybe if you have an IL switch and you have somebody who's got hurt today or yesterday and it's an easy swap for you, then maybe you activate him. I'd be cautious, though. Uh, on the other side, Brandon Woodruff has been very good in his last few starts. <clears throat> I mean, okay, not great, but there were some really good ones mixed in there. And then he struggled a little bit against Pittsburgh. The Cincinnati one was all right. A lot of strikeouts, but he's been a very mixed bag to this point in the year. He's 
done very well uh, in two of his starts, and then in three of his starts he didn't, and then one that was kind of in the in between. So again, this is a great matchup for him. Uh, he's faced Cincinnati already this year, and he went. This was his last time out. He faced Cincinnati. He went five and two thirds, uh, gave up four hits and three earned runs. Struck out 12, gave up two home runs. So, like I said, it was a bit of a mixed bag fantasy-wise. Really good opportunity here to get back on track. It's They're not a great team, and Woodruff is better than he's been pitching. So, I expect him to, to have a good outing here. Um, Paul Blackburn and Michael Pineda is the matchup here. Oakland and Detroit. Paul Blackburn is still available in quite a few leagues. He's rostered, I think, 56% of Yahoo leagues. He is someone who can be added pretty much everywhere. This is a good matchup, and he has proved it to this point of the year that he's actually been very good. So no problem adding Blackburn for today, and even even longer term, we'll see how he goes throughout the season. But to this point, very happy with the returns on Paul Blackburn. Michael Pineda I'd be a little more cautious of because he's a little bit older. <sighs> Not exactly in like tip-top shape Michael Pineda either, which that doesn't really factor in too much, but... It just worries me over the course of a year if he's going to be able to pitch the whole thing. That, more so than just today, it's more just a worry going forward. Uh, he's been all right this year. He's pitched to a 3.77 ERA in 14 innings. Not going to be a major strikeout guy. Uh, it's a pretty good matchup and a good ballpark factors and everything like that. So he's not a terrible play for today, but I would advocate uh, caution. One other thing while we're on the athletics, on the subject of the athletics, they have two doubleheaders this week. So they will play nine games this week. If you have fringe athletic guys sitting on the waiver wire, maybe it's a Tony Kemp. Maybe it's Sheldon Noisy. He's still on the waiver wire in some leagues. Or maybe it's even Ramon Laureano. Those guys should probably go ahead and be added because they're going to be playing the nine games. As opposed to maybe you have a fringe Blue Jay and they're going to be playing five games this week. So depending on how much you value your batting average versus your counting stats, it might make sense to pick up uh, even a fringier athletic player just to get the at-bats and Maybe it's even a Seth Brown. Probably not. But, you know, you have to really look uh, at your team and see who's playing five games and who's playing, you know, one or two games. Or not one or two games. One or two games less. Uh, and it won't be Seth Brown, more likely. But you know what I'm talking about. Middle-of-the-order guys in Oakland who are pretty much available all over the place. And they're going to get a couple extra games for you this week. So if you're a team that struggles uh, to compete in runs and RBIs, maybe you go and you make that switch there. So if you have, say, maybe a Rymel Tapia on the Blue Jays, or um, that's probably the best example on the Blue Jays anyway, someone who is a little fringier on one of those teams that plays only five games this week, then and there are a couple of them off the top of my head. I can't think of any of the other ones off the top of my head. But there are a couple of teams. Uh, look through your week. See who's only playing the five games. I think um, Cleveland. No, Cleveland plays six. Houston is playing six as well. So, I mean, you can you can make up a little bit of value here and there with, uh, with guys having off days. If they are fringy players and you can just pick up and drop at will, then... Definitely a good way to make up a little bit of value there in terms of games played, which is more of a basketball strategy, typically. Games played uh, and recouping games played through that way. You pick up a guy playing five games, you drop a guy who's only going to play three games, that kind of thing. It's a little bit tougher in baseball because a lot of things are a lot more unpredictable. You know, you pick up a guy in basketball who's a center and you figure, I'm going to be getting, you know, eight to ten rebounds a game. I'll get 50 rebounds in those five games, give or take. You can pick up a, a massive power hitter 
and you say he's got nine games, but he can go and hit zero home runs in those games or pick up a, a speedster and he can go nine games without stealing a base. It happens. So one thing to remember with baseball, uh, I'm kind of off on a tangent here, but it's okay. One thing to remember with baseball is that it's more unpredictable than pretty much any other sport. There are obviously telling signs and factors and stuff that will kind of indicate which way a game is going to go or a season is going to go or even a particular pitch is going to go. But if you go out there and you say that you know what's going to happen, then you should be in a different line of business than fantasy baseball. You should probably be uh, making prophecies if you really know what's going to happen because no one does. It's really a tough it's probably the toughest hockey too. hockey is very hard to predict. Even your greatest hockey players will go games with no points, no goals. NFL is kind of a little bit easier to predict, but also you could have a guy who you're really sure of and running back for say, and they just, you know, carry the ball twice for 23 yards or even, I mean, that's like very good yards per carry, but you know what I'm talking about guys. I think you know what I'm talking about. Um, Some of you I've interacted with do play multiple fantasy sports, so I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. For those of you who just play fantasy baseball and don't really follow the other sports, I hope you can follow along here because I'm kind of using all the sports uh, as analogies. All of it is to say it's very hard to predict exactly what's going to happen. So try and set yourself up for more advantageous situations, like deploying a guy who has nine games in a week over a guy who only has five or six even. You know, you're getting three extra games, you're getting 12 extra at-bats, couple extra hits, maybe a couple extra runs or an RBI or two. It can really make the difference uh, over the course of the year in a Roto League or even uh, in terms of a weekly matchup. You can lose a whole week based on one run or one RBI or one steal. So maximizing games played can be very important. Let's move on. We spent a lot of time on this. The Guardians and the White Sox is the next game here. Zach Plezak and Michael Kopech. Kopech, I would feel very happy using Kopech today. Watching uh, Cleveland over the weekend, because they were playing my Blue Jays, I watched quite a bit of the Guardians. They really make a lot of contact. They're very good at getting the ball in play. So, if I mean, no, you're going to be starting Kopech here. There's no way that you don't start him. But it's something to remember that the Guardians aren't really as bad as they might be perceived to be. They just took three or four from the Jays. And... I'm not worried about Kopech here, but I definitely think the Guardians do have the potential to go off. They've got a little bit of a hot streak here. Uh, guys like Fran Mill Reyes really heating up. So definitely a team to keep an eye on. I'm still starting Kopech, but I'm a little more uh, nervous than I would have been about it a week ago. Zach Plezak is not going to be someone we're really too interested in here. The White Sox, I think, is it seven in a row they've won? Six in a row? Uh, six in a row, I think. They have been very hot, and Plezak is kind of a hit-or-miss guy to begin with, so not really going to be too interested in him there. Uh, we have Jeffrey Springs and Noah Syndergaard here going up uh, Rays and Angels tonight in Anaheim. Syndergaard has been great, despite the low strikeouts. I'm pretty okay using him here. Springs has also been really good to this point in the season as more of an opener, sure, but uh, definitely can be a guy who can help with your ratios. So. This is a, a tricky, tricky area here against the Angels, who have been a very good team. And it's early in the week to really be using a ad on a guy, especially an opener, who you know is not going to go the five innings. I'd probably pass on Jeffrey Springs here. If you have him already, though, uh, he can be very helpful in terms of lowering your ratios, getting you the odd strikeout. So not a bad play, but not a great play either. 
Diamondbacks and Marlins is the next game here. Humberto Castellanos and Eliza Hernandez. I'm going to be staying away from this matchup. Uh, neither of these guys have really proven much to me. Castellanos' his last time out was actually very good against Miami, going five and two-thirds, giving up four hits. I do worry when there is multiple or back-to-back starts against the same team that teams can kind of start to pick up on stuff a little bit. So Castellanos, uh, not a play. Hernandez, even less so of a play. Even though he's facing a fairly weak Diamondbacks team here, he's just not impressed to this point of the year. So we're going to be leaving him alone on waiver wires today. The Phillies and the Mariners is the next game here. We have Ranger Suarez and Chris Flexen. I like this game. I like this matchup. Suarez has been disappointing to me, so... (sighs) You know, it's kind of like a put-up or, or shut-up kind of moment for him here for me. If he is not able to have a good outing, then I'm probably going to be all right dropping him here because it's not really we're, – we're, we're still looking at the ghost of Ranger Suarez from last year, essentially. Uh, which we think we have. and In reality, it's a different Ranger Suarez this year, unfortunately. So I'd be all right moving on from him. Let's take a look and see how he does here, but I'm fine uh, as a whole moving on from Ranger Suarez. Chris Flexen has been very good to this point of the year, pitching to a 310 ERA. Now, he is another one of those ratio guys who's not going to give you a lot of strikeouts. He should help your ERA and your whip. At the same time, he's facing a very tough team with some very powerful left-handed bats in the lineup, particularly Harper and Schwarber. So I am all right with leaving him on benches tonight. But at the same time, it's Monday. You know, you kind of set the tone for your week here uh, with, with who you start. I'm all right. I'm all right at the end of the day starting him here. Uh, Cubs and Padres, we have Kyle Hendricks and Mackenzie Gore here. And Kyle Hendricks, I've had some questions in the last few days. I'm pretty all right moving on from him. Um, If you have him and you want him to start here, then by all means. I'm not totally thrilled about him uh, as a whole. Pretty much the other end of the spectrum, actually. He's been pretty disappointing. I'm not really interested in holding long term. If you want to hold here and see how he does, then go ahead. Kind of hard to drop a guy on the day that he starts but I'm not really too excited for Hendricks. Mackenzie Gore, I've had some questions about him too, about whether or not he will be staying in the rotation. And I feel like if he keeps pitching like this, it'll be pretty damn hard for them to take him out of the rotation. So my answer to that question as a whole right now is yes, he will remain in the rotation. He will, I mean, it depends on performance, right? If he gets knocked around a few times, then it'll be very easy for them to put him in the pen or send him down or what have you. I don't expect that to happen. Uh, good matchup today against the Cubbies. I wouldn't be worried too much here. Uh, one more game for tonight. Austin Gomer and Carlos Rodon. Rodon has been excellent to this point of the season. And he did have, I believe, a bit of a tougher time last time. Well, I say a bit of a tougher time. He gave up two earned runs, which was his most he'd given up to this point of the year. And he was facing the Dodgers. It was also his season low in strikeouts. He only had three. <sighs> really not worried about him at all, to be honest with you. Uh, this is a good matchup, despite the fact that the Rockies have been pretty good. I'm not too worried about them there. Uh, he's been fantastic. Major strikeout numbers should be back in typical Rodon tonight. Typical of this year, anyway, the last couple of years. Uh, before that, really kind of a nobody, Carlos Rodon. He's really popped up. I think he had like the minimum contract last year, or very close to a minimum contract for the White Sox. And now look at him. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball. So good for Carlos Rodon. He is a go tonight. Austin Gomer on the other side is kind of a risky play, especially on a Monday. You're setting the tone for your week, right? Like I've said, I've said it multiple times in previous Mondays. You set the tone for your whole week on Monday, regardless of if it's one start or if it's five starts. It might sound stupid, you know, different players, different teams or whatever, but it's true. It typically does work that way. Your team will 
However, it does work. I and you know, there's no science behind this. 100. This is just me. Sometimes you just have one guy start and uh, have a poor time on Monday, and then it just carries over the whole week. It's bad start, bad start, bad start. So it's a little bit, uh, and that's kind of stupid. I know it sounds kind of stupid, but Gomber here, you start him on Monday, he has a bad start. I, it's just kind of bad juju for the week for me. I like him. I like him all right. This is probably not a place where I'm going to be using him. And I know I kind of sound maybe a little bit crazy there, the whole, you know, setting your team up for failure based on one start. But that's the way it's always kind of worked for me. I mean, obviously there are outliers. You know, you have one bad start and then the rest of the week's great. Or, you know, the other side of that is you start Monday and it's fantastic and then the rest of the week sucks. It does happen, but it seems to me that in years past, trends tend to continue throughout the week. And then they kind of reset on Monday. That's just me. Maybe I'm crazy, but that's the way uh, I kind of feel. So Gomber, yeah, go ahead and start him, but it's it's a risky one at the same time. It's a tough lineup. It's a Monday. He's been good this year, and he was good last year, but I don't have a ton of faith over there. So uh, let uh, that's those are the games today. Let's take a quick look at some of the guys who will be starting twice this week, who will be worth an add uh, on this Monday. So... There are some guys who are a little bit questionable, but uh, we've already talked about some of them as well. So let's get into it here. Tariq Skubal, uh, very much so worth an ad for this week. And I know I've been critical of him uh, in the preseason, and I- I'm not a huge fan of his, really. But he's been pretty good this year, and he's got two good starts this week against Oakland and against Baltimore. So those are situations where I would exploit the matchups. Even though I don't love the pitcher so much, I'm all right with using him there. Garrett Whitlock is another one who starts twice this week. He has a start at Atlanta, and later in the week he'll be uh, pitching at Texas. So Atlanta is a little bit more difficult than Texas for sure, but to this point of the year he's been very good, and I'm pretty all right with using him in both of those spots. Tony Gonsolin also starts twice, and he's more added, but he's also not as added as you might think. He's got a couple of good starts this week against Pittsburgh and against Philadelphia. So he's another guy who should be added if he's not. And Nestor Cortez, who we talked about already, uh, he's pitching against Texas today. And then he's got the White Sox later in the week. So he's someone who should definitely be on rosters if he's not already. A couple other guys who are starting twice who are maybe a little bit more of iffy. So Gomber, who we talked about, Austin Gomber. This is the tougher matchup for him for the week, and then he gets Kansas City later on. So if you want to go ahead and make the double add, I'm all right with that, uh, or add for the double games, I should say. I don't think it'll go particularly great tonight, but if he does surprise me and have a good outing tonight, then you get him for the second outing uh, free of charge later on in the week. So he's someone who I think is definitely reasonable to add tonight. Uh, Paul Blackburn also starts twice this week. He's got Detroit and the Angels Yes, the Detroit start will obviously be easier than the Angels one, but I feel good adding him and using him for both of those. Um, the Angels one is definitely a little bit more iffy. And even as I say it, there's some kind of warning sign that went off inside of me there. I'm all right with with using him, with adding him. And then, you know, you see how the week's going. The starting against the Angels won't be till the weekend. So you can see uh, how your week's going, how your categories are doing. And if you need him, if you even need him to start at that point. Um, those are... Those are pretty much the guys who are going twice. That makes sense to me. Hunter Green is also going twice. Milwaukee and at Pittsburgh. He's a little bit more iffy. 
I'm not totally sold that you need to start him twice there. So he's, you know, he'll figure it out eventually and he'll be really good Hunter Green. That's the thing. Uh, eventually he will be a really good pitcher. To this point, he has struggled mightily out of the gate. Um, and I'm not totally convinced that you need to start him here. I'm pretty convinced you don't need to start him here, actually. The strikeouts are are very nice, obviously. Uh, Milwaukee is a bit of a tough matchup. The Pittsburgh one, maybe I'd start him at Pittsburgh. But Milwaukee is going to be a little bit tough there. Um, so those are the two-start guys. There are obviously some other ones, but you know we're not going to get into every single guy. You know, Some of them are fairly obvious two-start guys, so we won't spend time on them. We will wrap up our show with the waiver wire part of uh, the waiver wire segment here, where we look at the most added and dropped players. So let's get into that. Uh, Manuel Margot is the most added player today, and going back over the weekend, he's been added in more than twenty-one thousand leagues on Yahoo, and he's homered in three straight games while driving in eight in that time. And if you go back to uh, the fourth game in that stretch, he has stolen two bases in that span. Number one player over the last week and number six over the last two. And, you know, and looking at his stats over his career and seeing what other people have to say about it, this kind of is what he does every year. There will be a stretch typically earlier on where he's very good and then he kind of dies down. So uh, we mentioned him earlier on in the show. He's not really somebody I'm going to be targeting. Um, as stupid as that may sound, in deeper leagues, yes, go ahead. I'm not dropping anybody who's really established for Manuel Margot because we kind of know from years past that he does this. He's prone to this. And his best case scenario is probably somewhere in like the top 300-ish, somewhere in there. Maybe you can do a bit better than that, but I'm not convinced it'll be, I'm not convinced it'll be much higher than like the 200th ranked player uh, rest of season. So not really a priority add for me there. George Kirby he is someone who looks very interesting to add. I really liked him yesterday and his roster percentage is up to 44% on Yahoo already. So get him while he's hot. Uh, he won't be available forever right now. Uh, and yes, we talked about there is risk associated with rookies, but he looked really excellent. And I think you kind of have to take the chance at this point. Brandon Drury, uh, I also mentioned on Twitter today. He had a really good weekend going at combined, what was it, 6-4-11. Uh, 6-4-11, yeah. He scored five times. He hit a home run. He drove in another five. I just don't trust him, and I think most of you understand who Brandon Drury is at this point, and that's why the roster percentage has only gone up to 15%, so people are taking chances maybe more so in deeper leagues than in standard leagues. He's not someone we need to really worry about here. Uh He's not a bad player, but he's also not someone who's really going to have a ton of value playing on that brutal Reds team. So not much of an add there. Juan Yepes, uh, we mentioned a little bit already. He's someone who is worth adding, I think, uh, especially if he stays in this Cardinals lineup in the middle there. If he gets moved around the lineup or whatever, if he moves down, uh, it may not be as great. We have to just kind of keep an eye on him, but I do uh, advocate for a speculative add at this point. Austin Gomber, we spent a bunch of time talking about him already. Alex, Tom, Alec Thomas, not Alex. Alec Thomas is someone who kind of a deeper league, keep an eye on. Uh, we talked about him as well. I'm not totally sold. You need to be adding him uh, in standard leagues. Josh Winder has been really excellent, especially these last two starts at Oakland and Tampa. 
Got a tough matchup coming at home against Houston on Thursday. So, um, I don't know. It's it's going to be tough there. That'll be more of a test than he's had uh, in his last couple of starts. Overall, though, he should be on rosters, I think. Uh, and Paul Blackburn also being added quite a bit today ahead of that start at Detroit. It's crazy to me that he's only 57% rostered. I think he should be higher than that. But go out and go out and get him. I, I would say he's worth being on most rosters. Maybe not in your shallowest of leagues, but a lot of the time I think he's worth a roster spot. Let's take a look at some guys who have been dropped, and it's pretty much um, who you'd expect, the guys from yesterday. I was really disappointed and upset with this one. Chris Paddock had to leave with elbow inflammation. He'd given up a couple of runs, but he had thrown 41 out of his 55 pitches for strikes. I think I've got that number right because it felt like it was burned into my head that he threw. Uh, I'm just going to really quickly check it here. I think it was it was 41 strikes on 55 pitches. I, I, I thought he was looking pretty good. He struck out four. Yeah, he'd given up a couple of runs. But overall, it was a pretty solid... Oh, it was an okay start for him anyway. Um, if you added him for last week, the whole week, he gave you seven and two-thirds innings with one win, uh, seven strikeouts, and a 4.7 ERA. Not as great as I was expecting. Uh, you can go ahead and pretty much drop him. I would say we'll have to see what happens with this elbow inflammation, but not a great sign. Mostly other guys being dropped are pitchers as well. You guys know the drill. Daniel Lynch, Dakota Hudson, those guys can be dropped. Um, Michael Walk has been dropped quite a bit. I'd probably hold on, but I understand dropping. He's, he's due. He's due to get rocked around a little bit. Uh, Michael Walker has also been dropped quite a bit. He's on the 50. Or Michael Walker. Tanner Houck, his teammate, has been dropped quite a bit. Uh, last couple of outings, he's been roughed up. And his roster percentage is going to start to go down a little bit, I would imagine. If he sticks in the rotation, he might get Texas this weekend. So that would be a decent start for him. But he's really struggled recently. I'd be all right moving on from him. Jesus Sanchez is another one who's really hit a wall and... You know, he's not someone who you really need to hold on to anymore as well. So I'm all right with dropping him. That's going to do it for us for today, guys. We want to get to the show before most of these games start so you guys can listen. Uh, we're pretty much on start time right now, but want to give you the show as early as possible anyway so that you can listen to as much of it as you can without having to impact your uh, game viewing ability. Thank you for tuning in here. We've just started week eight. This is the eighth week of the show already. Uh, really appreciate all of the viewers that have come in. All the Twitter followers are up over 600 now. Uh, didn't think we'd get there this quick, but we have because of you guys. So thank you so much. I hope that you guys who have found the show uh, on Twitter have come here. And I hope that vice versa, those of you who have found the podcast have, that, have now gone to Twitter and are using the Twitter. So thank you guys so much for being with us on this Monday edition. This is Fantasy MLB Today. Uh, I, my name is Joe Rico. I'm sure you guys know that already, but... Uh, you guys can go ahead and find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99. It's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. Follow me there and you'll never miss a show and you never miss any of my updates or threads. Uh, fantasy baseball related mostly. The odd other bit of sports stuff, but mostly we're talking about fantasy baseball stuff here. So that will do it for us, guys. Thank you for being here and we will see you again tomorrow. Cheers, everyone.